You're listening to App State Sports Weekly. Welcome to App State Sports Weekly. Alongside Pierre Banks, I'm Damian Banks. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, gather round because the mountain man and the jag man's in town. Yeah, Pierre, what's happening, bro? Everything is good, big bro. So truly blessed to be joining you today again, talking what we love to talk. Good old Appalachian State Athletics right here on the official podcast of App State Sports, appstatesports.com. Man, what can I say, man? I'm in a good mood, man. What's going on in Durham? Durham, North Carolina is soggy and cold. Rain, rain, go away. Please come back another day. I know the farmers need the rain. I know the earth needs the rain. I don't need the rain, man. It's been raining for like four days straight here. I know that's not a lot to some people, but to me it is. And I just need the rain to go away. I love sunny skies. I love real good weather because it's the springtime you know spring is coming up spring sports are in full bloom at Appalachian State University I need the weather to do the same yeah, it rains a lot in Boone so it doesn't bother me like that at all anymore but I tell you what it was a bit nippy earlier in the week but here on Thursday 50 something degrees outside that summertime to us out here man what? it feels Beautiful in Boone. 50 degrees is summertime. Absolutely. You didn't fail and bumped your head. <laughs> 50 degrees is is all it's it's like at the line of long john weather. Like it's man, you uh, tripping. Nah, 50 degrees around here, man. I'm telling you, I started to go outside with a beat on, but <laughs> since I had to go to work, I had to put the button up over top of it. But this is very, very nice weather, man. We'll take it. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> We're gonna have to agree to disagree because 50 <laughs> degrees, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull out them long johns on you. May not be the top, but definitely the bottom. Because the thighs will get a little chilly in 50-degree weather. So, yeah, I'm going to have to pull them long johns out of that weather. But I love you nonetheless, Boone, North Carolina. Well, as you say, agree to disagree. But what we both can agree on, cue Freddie Mercury. Congratulations to the App State wrestling team. Four times, count them four times, four times, four times. SoCon champions. They sealed it up with a big time home win against the Citadel this past week. Congratulations to John Mark Bentley and all of his troops for another tremendous job. They shared the title with Campbell and Chattanooga this year, but I talked to a member of the coaching staff and they are looking to solidify things in a couple weeks right here in the Holmes Convocation Center here in Boone during the SOCON Wrestling Championships, but congratulations to those guys. Big time year again for John Mark Bentley and his bunch. Congratulations to the App State Wrestling Program winning yet another championship. Seems like people with three names that go by three names are just winners. You know, John Mark Bentley, Billy Ray Cyrus, Damian S. Banks. <laughs> like, what about uh, what about James Michael? James Michael McAdoo. <laughs> <laughs> James Michael. James Ma- it just seems like people with three that go by three names, they're winners. And you know what our motto is I want winners. I want people that want to win. <laughs> uh, let's see another three day. I, I like this man. Let's go in this direction. What about um, Ricky Bobby? Nah, that's two names. <laughs> nah, that's two names. 
<laughs> I can't count for whatever reason. But, man, like you said, there's a lot going on here at Appalachian State Athletics Wrestling Program. Getting the spring started off right with a SOCON title. You got men's and women's basketball right now really at a pivotal point in the Sunbelt season. This week, they'll be taking on the Georgia schools, which are two Big time battles, especially for the men sitting at four and eight in conference play. They need to go on a little run here to ensure that they can not only get into the conference tournament, but the Sun Belt standings are so convoluted that a win here or a loss there could play a major difference in, again, just making the tournament, let alone setting yourself up with seeding. Yeah, big stretch here for the men's basketball program. Jim Fox and company are going to have to get things into high gear. They've been a little bit on the winning streak lately, had won a couple games in a row. They've also lost a couple games in a row, but they did just pull out that victory versus Coastal Carolina. Like you said, coming up the two Georgia schools. So let's get it done, men's basketball. It's a big time, big time week for men's basketball, man. I'm telling you, if they can get these two wins, especially against a Georgia State team who is always at the top of the Sun Belt standings, it goes a long way. And then you got a young man that I feel has the best name in college basketball coming to the home center on Saturday, Tukey Brown. That's going to be a fun game to watch. Also, the women on the road, of course, at Georgia State on Thursday, at Georgia Southern on Saturday. Tukey's little sister plays for Georgia Southern. What's on her the name? Women's side. Brown? Is her name Tukey Tukey Brown? Oh, man, the parents messed that up. They messed that up. If you're going to name your son Tukey, might as well name your daughter Pookie. But I digress. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a, it's a big-time week for, for basketball, man. You got softball who they'll be traveling to the College of Charleston this weekend. Shelly Horner going back to one of her old stomping grounds. So, of course, she she loves to play there. Hopefully they can come up with some big-time wins in that tournament. Baseball, they've got Manhattan this weekend. So lots going on right now in the world of athletics here on the mountain. Yeah, App State, as usual, Boone, North Carolina, home of championship athletics. Again, congratulations to the wrestling program. Men's, women's basketball trying to get those slots open, jockeying for position in the Sunbelt championships for men's and women's basketball in the tournament. So a lot of things going on. You got the spring sports, baseball, softball, track and field is going to be starting up. You got to love it, man. Spring sports are the best sports except for football. Speaking of football, had a chance to sit down with a few of the newest assistant coaches on Coach Drink's staff. Got a chance to sit down with one of the coaches, Pat Washington. We spent some extended time together down at the University of South Carolina. I was in academics, overseeing the the academics for that program. Pat Washington was one of my coaches. He worked with the tight ends there. Going to be working with the receivers here at App State. Very excited to be here as Coach Washington. Very excited about the talent level that he's inherited and trying to take that to the next level. We talked about that. Talked about trying to get on the same page with Coach Drink and Pat Washington, great personality, had a lot to say. So let's go ahead and get into that interview right here on the official podcast of App State Athletics, App State Sports Weekly. So have they told you who are who are you, Coach? Yeah, I mean, I've had a chance to meet the guys and. Um 
understand that we've had some uh, pretty good experience coming back at the position, receiver position. So I'm, I'm encouraged about that. I've watched some video on the guys, and so we, we have enough talent to, to be successful at that position, I think, at this point. Is Coach Drinkwitz, is there any coaching the coaches? Is there any of that going into spring? You know, you know kind of telling him, him coaching the coaches what, what he wants you to it, it has do to be. It has to be because the first thing first is we, we got to be on the same page. So usually to be on the same page, you need one voice. So if one voice speaks it, everyone pays attention, take notes, then we, we're doing the same exact thing. We don't want because of. Uh, my past experience or other coaches' past experience, me talking about it and teaching it one way, but he wants it a different way. If that's, if that's the case, then you're going to have problems. All right? So you want to be on the same exact page, although schematically it may be the same thing you've done in the past. He may have a, a, a buzzword or two that's different than your buzzword or two. So you want to make sure you're saying the ex- exact same thing. Therefore, when the kids hear it from me or hear it from him because he is an offensive guy, he is going to speak to him. We're saying the same exact thing. So yes, there, there's quite a bit of coaching. The coaching, the coaches right now. You feel like you're there on the same page yet? No, so we're not. No, we, we talked about it today. I mean, there's some things that we have to do. Uh, you know, it's easy to watch film and talk about it, and it's a little bit harder to go on the field and actually do it. So, even for a player as well as coaches. So there's a style that he wants as a coach as the head coach, and there's a, there's several styles that I've done. Uh, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, and so I need to find out exactly how he wants to do it and do it his way. How significant is it uh, that so many of the, the new assistant coaches um, have uh, have Power 5 experience? Well, experience is, is experience. You know, the biggest thing is – Particularly as, a, as a, I think in my opinion, I hope I'm not speaking in, in, in the wrong terms for Coach Drink, is, you know, as a young head coach, you know, you, you, you don't want the whole staff to be brand new at their, their positions because he's brand new at his position. So you like to have some experienced guys at the positions, and therefore as a head coach, he's probably going to have to learn things as he goes as well. But at least he doesn't have to spend a lot of time with the position coaches because they do have experience. So whether it's power, power five or with the Sun Belt or Conference USA, it does really, in my opinion, really doesn't matter as long as the guy's got experience coaching their positions. Speaking of experience, you've transitioned into new places several yes. times along your mm-hmm. career path. Mm-hmm. For you personally, what are the things or, or maybe the things you've learned over the years? These need to be my priorities. Here are the most important things for me to accomplish yeah. as I step in here for the first 30, 60, 90 days. You know, it, each school is different. So, and I, I've talked to the guys here, you know, it's, when you go to a school that's been doing things a certain way for a long time, whether it's, you know, Satterfield, Coach Moore, I mean, it's, it's probably been pretty consistent for a long time. You have to transition. And I just related to, uh, I forget the author of the book, is who, who Moved My Cheese? So basically, their cheese been moved. They've been following a path and finding cheese every day. And all of a sudden, now the path changes. It goes a different direction. So basically, what I told them, hey, you know, the goal is still the same. To win a conference championship, to win a bowl game, you know, it's, it's still the same. But now the cheese may be moved in a different direction. Therefore, now uh, they got to trust in us that we're, we're going to accomplish the same goals, but it's going to be a little bit different than they have in the past. For some people, it's harder than others. You know, uh, for my, I have two boys, 
and transitioning from one city to the next, I thought would be an easy thing until it became teenagers. Once they became teenagers, and all of a sudden the transition was a little bit different. When they were kids, they were like, yay, Dad, we're going, or yay, Dad, and all of a sudden it was going, we gotta go where, you know, and so it, it changed. So transition is tough for some kids. For some kids, it's not very tough, and so you just have to, uh, as coaches, we have to basically get a feel for each person and understand that uh, you may have to, you not may have to, you got to treat each individual differently. And each school is different. Like I say, um, when this school's been doing a lot of things the same way for a long time, and all of a sudden there's a there's a new kid on the block, and he's gonna do it probably totally different than they've done in the past. And so they just got to buy into what we're doing and understand the goal is still the same. We haven't changed the goal. It's still the same. We're just going to do it a little bit different. When you, well, when you talk about, you know, getting to know the guys mm-hmm. in your position group individually, you know, in general terms, what is the process you go through personally to try to make sure that you make that the right kind of connection with those guys? Well, it's, you know, in life, it's hard to understand a person unless you understand a little bit about their past. So individually, you got to talk to them to find out a little bit about their past. And once you do that, then you have a good idea about who they are and what they're about and how they're going to handle. Like each each individual has a a different defense mechanism. You know, we all grew up in a different environment. So some of us handle things a little bit different than others. So as a coach, as a person, as a dad, and I learned a lot when I became a dad, to be honest, which is as a, as a young coach, I, I, I stereotype everybody one way, and that's the way it's supposed to be until I had kids and realized I got two balls and one goes this way and one goes that way. You know, it's like, okay, I, I get it. So everybody's different. So you got to kind of get a feel for each individual, uh, have a, uh, you know, not a significant amount, but at least enough amount of the past. And that way now you can understand how they uh, react to things and how they react to coaching, really, because you can't coach everybody the same. you got to coach the guys differently. So I'm in that process now, just kind of get to know each person uh, kind of a informal way, laid-back way, find out who has what and what, what is their defense mechanism. Pat, have you worked on the staff where the head coach is also the offensive coordinator before? <clears throat> Uh, ooh, uh, head coach, OC. Why are you making me think a little bit? Head coach, <laughs> OC. Head coach, OC. Uh, now, most staffs I've been on, the only staff I've ever been on where the head coach was a defensive guy was South Carolina. So I've been on a many of staffs where the head coach was an offensive guy. Matter of fact, I've been on many of staff where the head coach coached the same position I coached, so he was the expert on it, and therefore everything he did was right and everything I did was wrong. <laughs> so I've been a part of that. <laughs> Until you pull the tape out, you know, he's like, he wants to show you something. Well, here's how we did it. So watch the tape go. So that's what you're trying to teach, go? No, he 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 messed up and did this. I'm like, what? That's the same thing that happened to me. I like, messed up and do a certain way too. So, but as a coordinator, a play caller, I'm thinking through it. Um, I, I can't recall the head coach actually being the play caller. Uh, you, you made me go all the way back to 1988, 89. Uh, Pat Sullivan, I think, actually called plays some at TCU when I was there, but he wasn't, quote, unquote, the coordinator. He had a coordinator that actually organized the practices and the meetings, but he just kind of sat in and made the final decisions. Well, does that help the – I guess the one voice thing that you were talking about earlier with, with the head coach being in the in the offensive room. I think so. I think so because, I mean, he's actually called the plays and it's, it's his system and he's a head coach. And um, 
I can remember being at Southern Miss with Larry Fedora, and he wasn't, quote-unquote, the coordinator. Blake Anderson was the coordinator, but Larry actually sat in and did the game planning with us. And so we had to distinguish when he was in their room. You know, we had, uh, like, uh, I think we had a cup. You know, we told him to turn the cup upside down when he was the coordinator turn it up when he's a head coach. So when he's a coordinator, we can talk to him a different way. When he's a head coach, you know, it was like, this is how we're going to do it. We go, yes, sir. Boom, write it down. We moved. And that worked a little while. And then finally, a couple of weeks out, I'm always a head coach. <laughs> but, no, I mean, I think, you know, for him, so what happens a lot in, in this business is guys get head jobs because of a certain aspect of the game that they, they're part of, which is defensive offense. And, and some guys – you know, they want to give it to someone else, delegate, you know, to authority to someone else, but yet they're not really hired because they're hired because they're an expert in, in a certain area. So I think with Drake, he wants to remain, I'm not saying necessarily the expert in that area, but that's what, you know, that's what he's known for. And he wants to continue to do it. Somewhere down the line, he's probably going to give it up, I would think. But right now, as a young coach, I think that's good. It's good for us because we're going to be on the same page. And the page we're going to be on is his page, period. What are the things you prioritize, the skill sets of good wide receivers? What are the things you really value out of them, not only for the guys that are here, your existing players, but things you would look for when you go recruiting? Well, one thing that you like if you coach a receiver is when that ball's in the air, their hands, they, they catch the football. That's the first thing first. Can they catch the football? Now, some guys are body catchers. Some guys are not. Some guys are well-trained. Some guys are not. But if they, if they have you know, good instincts, uh, you know, fast twitch guys that can make plays. Probably some of my best receivers, to be honest with you, in, in the history of, of receivers I coached, have been quarterbacks because they handle the ball all the time. They're decision makers and they're clutch guys. You know, when it's when the game's on the line, they actually want the ball in their hand. I mean, that's the kind of guy I want. Sometimes that guy gets on your nerves a little bit, but that's the guy I want. I can remember without calling the name, I was coaching uh, at a school and. And we, it was like a fourth down play, and we didn't throw the ball to him. And he walked up to me and said, what are you thinking about? The ball should be coming to me. And I didn't get upset, and I thought, you know what? He's right. The ball should be coming to him. So you want guys that want the ball in clutch times. You know, but again, you want ability, you want to change direction, um, you want guys that, you know, like I said, good decision makers. Uh, you, you like the guy that can catch the ball with his hands, but sometimes you can train a guy to catch it with his hand because he's never been trained to do it. All right. Good eye hand coordination, uh, whether he's a great route runner or not, sometimes it's hard to, to see that on film. Because uh, he may be in a wing tee, I, I coached a kid named Robert Meacham. He was in a wing tee, wing tee offense, and he came to Tennessee when I was coaching there, and had zero idea how to be a receiver. But three years later, he was a the 15th pick in the draft. So you, you just have to really just study the guy to see if he has the ability to to make plays, and, and can he be a receiver? What is it about this particular opportunity that drew you here? Well, you know, in 2007, I watched this team called App State beat. Michigan, and of course, at that time, I never thought I would be coaching here. All right, but it, it was so intriguing, it was so interesting to me that they went to Michigan and beat Michigan, and a huge underdog. And so, 
as the time continued, as they went from FCS to FBS, they continue to win. And I'm just watching from afar. Not like I'm like really studying that. I'm just kind of watching from afar. It's like as the season go on and all of a sudden, you know, during the week, and I know some of you guys probably don't think so, but as, as coaches during the week, all of a sudden you got that Wednesday game, that Thursday game, and all of a sudden now you're sitting there watching these teams going, man, these guys are talented. And they're really talented. And so because of the history from Coach Moore, uh, I've had friends from Tim Horton, Stacey Sarrells, and Dale Jones, guys like that have coached here. And they've had nothing but good things to say about this school. At the time, as they're telling me about it, I had no idea that I was I'd be coaching here. So you, you sort of learn some things about it. And all of a sudden, Drink gets the job, and he, and he calls me about the job. And I thought, what a perfect opportunity. I'm going to a school. I've been to schools with brand new head coaches, but normally you walk in there and it is a, uh, you, you totally have to rebuild a program. It is, for some reason, it is a disaster. For whatever reason, something has happened to make it really bad. And so now you got to really build it up. Whereas App State is, we just got to try to make it better than it was. And it's been pretty dang good. So it's a little bit different. So I was excited about that and the fact that, I mean, there was only a few seniors on the team, so you, you thought you had a chance probably to come in and win right away. So those are things that attracted me here. Is there any extra, I don't know, pressure is the right word to kind of maintain that level? Yeah, I mean, it's pressure. Coaching, it's, it's pressure in coaching always, regardless. Because, I mean, I've been to places where it's been really a bad place, and you go there and say you win four or five games, you think, hey, you know, we got to go in the right direction. The fans are booing you. So, you know, <laughs> so it really doesn't matter. There's expectations everywhere you go, and the expectation is to win every game you play. And so I don't think there'd be anything different here. So it's, it's pretty much the same to me. Coach, you've been around some very talented pass catchers over your years of coaching. Mm-hmm. Most recently, you got Debo Samuels. Uh, Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Brian Edwards. Just looking on film with your pass catchers here, how do they stack up? I, you know, I, when I watch them, I really don't try to compare them to the guys I've had in the past. I just try to see if they're, you know, if they have, you know, really good eye-hand coordination. They do a really good job catching, uh, making yards after the catch. Can they... Can they establish leverage against a defensive back that the leverage wasn't there initially? So, I mean, those are things I look at. It's not necessary to compare. So I haven't really compared those guys to anybody. I just see that they're capable of being successful, particularly in the Sunbelt Conference and hopefully against some of the you know, non-Sunbelt Conference teams we play. Speaking of the Sunbelt Conference, what, what, what are, what's your kind of general views about the development of the Sunbelt Conference? You know, it's interesting because, you know, I coached at Southern Miss – Conference USA, and then so since I coached there, it seemed like it's it's, it's quite a it's quite a change because USA is now what is it uh, the AA Conference American yeah American what is it called American Athletic Conference yeah most of those guys from the University of Houston East Carolina those guys have moved and shift there, and so a lot of Sunbelt Conference schools back in the past have shifted to Conference USA, and then then now there's a lot of. Uh, 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 the FCS going to FBS schools has become the South Bay Conference schools like, you know, the South Alabamas. And uh, I coached at Louisiana Lafayette a long time ago when we were independent. It used to be called University of Southwestern Louisiana at the time when I coached there. So now they're, you know, in the Sun Belt. And so now you just have a lot of schools that are, uh, I guess, young in, in the stages of being the FBS school. It's in the Sun Belt Conference now. And, you know, Georgia Southerns, you know, of the world. And so... They, they were really competitive 
and and have won you know national App State Georgetown won national championships at one level, and they step right into the uh, Sunbelt Conference and, and start winning the conference championship right away. So, my opinion is, is there's a lot of young schools, Texas, San Antonio, that's in here that's trying to prove themselves. Yet there's a really good fan base that uh, a really good following, and so I'm interested to see because I haven't like studied those schools. It's interesting to see as we play these guys, where they are compared to where they used to be, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And plus, I get a chance to go to Mobile to play South Alabama in the stadium. I play high school football. They got a big statue of me. There, so. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, appreciate it, guys. Great guy, man. Coach Drink has done a great job of bringing in guys with so much experience, great coaches, but they're even better men, and it just continues, as you see right here with Coach Washington. Yeah, Pierre, it seems that you have connections and that you know a lot of people in your travels at the Ohio State University at University of South Carolina. Who don't you know? Barack Obama, who <laughs> who oddly enough got with Zion Williams last night, gave him, man, shout out to Zion. I hope that young man is able to come back from that injury. I know this is App State Sports Weekly, but you know, the human element inside of me, just my heart pours out to that young man. So many expectations for this year. And then in the biggest game of your young career, to have to go down like that, you just, you know, bow your head, say a few words for him, and hope he comes back better than ever. Yes, sir. Um, biggest game in the state of North Carolina last night, basketball-wise, NC State was hosting Boston College at BNC Arena. <laughs> Shout out to the Wolfpack. You know what it is. <laughs> Oh, man, you are something else, man. Damien going to take us around the state later on in the show. Give us an update on Duke Carolina, State Boston College, and so much more. We got the Mountaineer scoreboard also coming up after the break right here on the official podcast of Appalachian State Athletics. You got it. App State Sports Weekly. Sunday, March 10th, Appalachian State University will host the 2019 Southern Conference Wrestling Championship. The best of the SOCOM will be on full display inside the Holmes Convocation Center. Be sure to stop by and cheer on these fine student athletes. All students from participating SOCOM schools will receive free admission. Adult tickets are $15 and youth tickets are just $10. So get your tickets today by visiting AppStateSports.com or by calling the ticket office at 828-262-207. Hi, everybody. This is Bob Rathbun, television voice of the Atlanta Hawks, Dream, and ACC basketball. And I want to tell you about my new book called The Fast Forward Winner. It's really a guidebook that will help you take a dream, a notion that you might have of something you'd like to do, and turn it into something real, tangible, maybe even a job, maybe your life's work. It starts with a seed dream, something you've been thinking about. You turn that into some dream action where you actually go out there and take some steps to accomplish this dream. Your research is subject. We'll talk about that in Chapter 3, Digging for Pay Dirt. You then turn that into Chapter 4, which is Expert Confidence. Make adjustments along the way. That's Chapter 5, the 22nd timeout. And then to handle things that you never saw coming, that's the sixth and final chapter, our Curved Bat chapter. You can download the book, The Fast Forward Winner, at ZanaCorporation.com. That's Z-H-A-N-A Corporation.com. You can also find it on Amazon and all ebook outlets. And you can follow The Fast Forward Winner on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. It's coming out soon. Be a part of it. Fast Forward Winner. 
What's up, App Nation? Braxton Critcher here, host of the warm-up on WATA. That's AM 1450 and 96.5 on the FM. And my co-host is Pierre Banks. Each week, we dive into the hot topics of Mountaineer sports, welcome in the biggest names and players, and unlike this podcast, we expose some of Pierre's weaknesses. It's each Saturday morning at 9 o'clock on WATA 96.5 FM. And you can also check out the podcast, share it to our Twitter. Each week, it's at WATA warm up. And we are back on App State Sports Weekly alongside Pierre Banks. I am Damian Banks. You know what time it is? Shameless plug for the social media. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Sports by Damian. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-B-Y-D-A-I-M-E-O-N. And you can find me at Pierre M. Banks. And that was time for the Mountaineer scoreboard for the week. Let's start with men's basketball, who was at home in the home center against Coastal Carolina. Did a fantastic job of coming out, battling back from an early deficit, and taking an 88-79 win over the Chanticleers. Ron Shah Shabazz, a big 20 points in that one. Taking a look at women's basketball, they were on the wrong side of a 72-65 decision down at Coastal that again taking place last Saturday. Then the baseball program, they got their season started. Tough place to play on top of Rocky Top. They drop all three games of that set. First six love, then two nil, and then three love lace. Softball was in action last Friday, taking on North Carolina A&T at home. They took two big wins in that one. First 15 love and then 12 love lace. Carrie White had herself a big time day going six for six on the weekend. As we take a look at women's tennis, they started out last weekend on the road at UNCG. On Saturday, picked up a huge 4-3 victory for their first road victory of the season. The women took the last three single matches for the comeback win in that one. Heidi Swope was the catalyst. She improved to 4-0 on the year. Then the next day, they took on the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, the second ranked team in the country, and the Mountaineers dropped that one 7-love. Then as we take a look at the track and field programs, they were competing at the Sunbelt Indoor Championships. The women finished 7th overall and they had three individual all-conference honorees. Then as we take a look at the men, they finished sixth and were led by Jordan Dale, Elliot Graves, and Tristan Shaver, who all won individual Sunbelt titles. Shout out to those three young men. The track and field program head coach Damian McClain, as well as Mike Curcio, will transition to the outdoor season. And then we finish up Cue Freddie Mercury one more time. John Mark Bentley and his bunch. The wrestling program with a big time 39 to 8 victory over the Citadel to seal their fourth straight. That's four time, four time, four time, four time SOCON championships in a row. Led by DeAndre Swenson Barr, who put the exclamation point on things, so to speak with a big-time win against his opponent in that one. That's going to do it, my friends, for the Mountaineer School Board for this week. Big bro, please do us the honors and take us around the state. Yes, sir. 
We begin with the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, who were at number 17 Florida State last Wednesday. The Demon Deacons fell by the 88-66 score. Shondi Brown had 20 points in the loss for Wake Forest. Also last week, Wake Forest played host to UNC last Saturday. They were smoked by the Tar Heels. Cam Johnson had 20 points for UNC. Jalen Horde scored a team-high 17 points and 6 rebounds, but it wasn't enough as Wake Forest lost that one 95-67. Also, Wake Forest was at Notre Dame this week. The Deeks got a game-high 23 points from Brandon Childress, and they got a rare road ACC win, 75-68. Next up, we have the NC State Wolfpack, who played host to Syracuse last Wednesday. Braxton Beverly scored a game-high 21 points, and Torn Dorn chipped in with 16 points and 12 rebounds in a 73-58 Wolfpack win. Also last Saturday, NC State was at Duke, and the Wolfpack fell 98-74. Torn Dorn had 16 points in the loss for State. Also on Tuesday, NC State was back at it in action at Raleigh in PNC Arena as they were taking on Boston College. Won an overtime thriller, 89-80. Devin Daniels, 19 points, 10 rebounds, and the win for NC State. Next up, we got the UNC Tar Heels, who had that easy win against Wake Forest. The Tar Heels had a few days off before they were taking on their rival, Duke, at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Duke had an erratic week. They overcame a 23-point second-half deficit to knock off Louisville on the road, 71-69. Zion Williamson had 27 points and 12 rebounds in that win for Duke. And on Saturday, again, the Blue Devils knocked off NC State, 98-74. So UNC and Duke were in action this week at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Big-time rivalry matchup. The Duke freshman, Phenom Zion Williamson, injured his knee 34 seconds into the game. The rest, shall we say, is history. The Tar Heels big man, Luke May, scored a team-high 30 points to go along with 15 rebounds. And UNC took care of Duke 88-72. And that was our whip around the state. It's a big-time win for the Tar Heels, man, to go on the road and get a double-digit victory, albeit without Zion Williams. Big-time win, Damien. So it's not that big. That's just like beating the Chicago Bulls at Chicago without Michael Jordan. It's not a... I mean, I don't know, man. They still had R.J. Barrett. They the still, still had Cam Reddish. The Bulls still had Scottie Pippen. Just like the Bulls had Scottie Pippen, the Blue Devils had the best nose in all of sports. Now that Scottie Pippen is retired, <laughs> Mike Krzyzewski <laughs> patrolling the sidelines. I don't know, man. It's a big-time win. Ah. Uh... Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Man, come on, Pete. <laughs> like the, best, <laughs> the best nose. You can't say, come on, man. Don't leave, leave Mike alone, man. It's my quarterback. <laughs> leave him man alone, man. Follow your nose, man. Straight to a national championship. <laughs> I know you're going to cut all this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, there will be a rematch in March. So hopefully Zion Williamson, Lord willing, his knee is not you know seriously damaged. And if it is, he gets back well for the NBA draft. But it'll be a rematch in Chapel Hill. Duke will try to get their face back. But again, the biggest matchup last Last night in the state of North Carolina, the NC State Wolfpack picking up that big time home win versus Boston <laughs> College. Man, don't sleep got, on the pack. I got you, man. Well, thank you so much for that terrific job that you always do, my brother. And thank you, App State Nation, for tuning in each and every week right here on AppStateSports.com to your podcast, the official podcast of Appalachian State Athletics, App State Sports Weekly. Until next time, for my big bro, Damien, I'm Pierre. Y'all be blessed.
We'll holler at you. We gone.